This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be sh- And now your host, TJ. And here we go again. After a couple week vacation, we are here with the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. This is TJ. I'm your host tonight, and I've got my usual cast of characters with me. We've got senior editor of Hot Time and Old Town, Pat. How are you doing tonight, Patrick? Splendid, TJ. And we out hunting conspiracies. We brought him back in for a guest appearance. Chris, what's going on up, up north of the Cheddar Curtain? That's not a conspiracy. That's a conspiracy. <laughs> it's the second crocodile dundee reference of the day <laughs> it is the first one was a little bit more interesting than that but we're, we're not going to share that one but uh, <laughs> we really are not going to tonight so let's start at the weekend i mean, we've got just a few topics to cover tonight i mean we could talk forever but we're not going to we're going to keep it limited to a few things let's start with the fa cup because oh, yes we will we are going to start there because you had captain america playing for chelsea and we've got you two schmucks that are Arsenal apologists on the other side. And could it have worked as an Arsenal and U.S. being host of U.S. Fan TV? Could it have worked out any better? Pulisic yes. scores and Arsenal wins. I mean, that's the dream, right? It, it's like it, being yeah. a fan of not the Chicago Bulls during the 90s. You want Jordan to score 60, but your team wins, right? I mean, that, that's exactly what this was, except for the injury. I would have loved it to be 4-3 Arsenal. Pulisic has a hat trick and doesn't get hurt. That's the ideal. But uh, I'll take what we got. I'm pretty happy with it. I just hope I hope Pulisic's okay. Yeah, I was uh, I was definitely worried about him when I saw the way he grabbed his leg before, like taking that shot and going down. It was like, oh yeah, that's a hamstring and yeah, it looked like he got not, shot. Yeah, that is a bad one. Um, but that he was, you know, back out later. Is certainly it was positive, such so. a weird fe- yes it was such a weird feeling though he scores and you're like well i'm not <laughs> oh god I, and i was gonna i was going to ask that and thanks for taking that one to the pat, pat because the goal he scored was magnificent but as an arsenal fan are you going that's a, an american shit we're down one yeah basically that's exactly what i did yeah <laughs> it's it's like i'm not mad but i'm mad but i'm like and you know, Arsenal fans are very ready to immediately go to like eleven take, with the anger and the. I was going to say take the gas pipe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but the fact that he was the one who scored the goal, it kind of was comforting. And then uh, Obama Yang showed why he is. I you know I said for years on this show and on US Fan TV that Lewandowski was severely. Uh, underrated. I think finally this year he got his due and should have won the Ballon d'Or, but it won't happen. Um, Obama no, is right there with the being underrated thing. He's just phenomenal. Is he and going I hope anywhere? he stays. He's say, good. Do you think he's going to go anywhere? I think it's probably 75-25 that he stays, but I think he's using his leverage to ensure that Arsenal actually spends some money. I mean, they laid off 55 people today who are probably making like 50,000 pounds a year because Stan Kroenke's a dick. But I think Obama Yang's using his leverage. Hopefully he's using his leverage to make sure that uh, maybe there's, you know, 
I, I think Williams coming, which should clear the number 10 jersey for Polisic, so that kind of works out. But um, I, there, was, there was some talk think- that Dembele may be coming, which I, I hopefully Abba uses that leverage to force the Cronkies <laughs> into spending a little more cash. Has it really? I, and I, you guys are the Arsenal guys, so I'm I'm defer. I'm ask, legitimately asking these questions. Kroenke has been. Are they have they really refused to spend completely, or have they just really, especially in the last two years, have they just really spent poorly? Aside from Aubameyang, they're not. I feel like they spend some, but it's like a lot of the what they spend on has been crap lately. There have been a lot of bad choices, but yeah. you have to say there's not a lot of. Uh, net spend as they say you know the, sure. a lot of the a lot of the expenditures have come due to a lot of sales ahead of yeah, time yeah exactly it, yeah now yeah they they've not done good business but that's nothing new to arsenal i mean the, yeah, like, it's not the david dean era anymore like it's yeah it's, you know giving giving a guy three hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week who doesn't play for you and won't play for you because he's content on collecting a paycheck uh, was clearly not a good move, although I praised it at the time, so what do I know? But um, well, I, I think at the time, because good business hadn't been done, they were sort of boxed in and had to pay it. They had to give it to someone. Now, my, yeah, and Alexis my take at the time was yeah. it should have been Alexis. Like You should have just given it to Alexis and let Ozil go. Either way, go. it wouldn't have worked out. But, yeah, well, I, certainly by the way things turned out, I, I think, yeah, In Alexis wouldn't probably, have yeah. have, uh, have been worthy of it either. But, you know, maybe things would have been different for him if he had stayed. Who knows? Uh, you know, judging by his performances since then, yeah, you have to think it was probably a good thing to let him go when, when it happened. But um, my feeling Obama was... a different deal now, though. Like, that, that's one where I, I absolutely feel confident that if you gave him a ton of cash, he would still deliver next year and yeah. and probably the year after that as well. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think, um, you know, despite his age, the reason we would be keeping him, presumably, is to move him into the middle where he has more of a limited role anyway. So his age becomes less of a factor. And on top of it, I don't know, he's 31. It's not like, and I think mm-hmm. he just turned 31, like, a few weeks ago too, right? So, um Thirty-one sold isn't on the same as it was. Yeah, thirty-one isn't the same as it was twenty years ago or thirty years ago. You know, I I know that a striker's um, uh, sweet spot is supposed to be twenty-eight to thirty or so. But last I checked, last I checked, there's that that striker in Italy who's still doing some pretty big things, and I think he's getting close to a thousand years old. So. <laughs> I, I do think that you know the the um, training and uh, upkeep that players have to maintain year round these days, they are able to last longer. And you have a guy who, like I said, presumably you're keeping to uh, like as a winger, he's not in his natural position really, um, and he's still been scoring a ton of goals. If we keep him and move him into the center and start looking at, you know, maybe some of these young guys who are coming along, or if Arsenal should sign someone like Dembele, or um, there are rumors that Zaha's back in the mix, which I don't quite get, but whatever. Um, uh, 
uh, if something like that happens where you have another kind of natural winger, you move him into the center, he doesn't have to run as much. You know, it, yeah. being being 31 or 32 doesn't come into play as heavily. It, it's not like he's being taxed with, you know, trying to carry the entire game. Well, and if like if, and that, the, the reference obviously was to, to the Zlatan, although then again, he's not of this world. So we'll. <laughs> but at the same time, if you can get, I was gonna say there's another guy Tamami and... into that type of a role where he makes two or three big runs out of the, and mm-hmm. he's gonna be lethal, giving yeah. two or three runs a game. And if he scores one of them, you're <laughs> most teams will take that out of a out of a striker. Hey, we're yeah. gonna give you three quality chances. You finish one or two of them, we're they're gonna win a lot of games. And so, as an Arsenal as Arsenal fans. And we're um, glass half empty, glass half. Is the season successful or is it a failure? How do you feel? Ooh. I, it, because early, well. I know, I know, early, I know early in the year. Let me guys tell you what Spurs little, would do, TJ. We're going to, I will get Spurs. I will get, I will get to Spurs. But um, who? Yeah, that other team. The team in San Antonio that are, that thinks they're Arsenal's rival, although hmm. they beat Arsenal. Um, that said, at the beginning of the year, I know you thought a little bit with Josh running, gonna... running the show. You guys had a little bit of optimism when they started out well. Yeah. Then the wheels fell off. And now you've got Arteta running the show. I'll tell you this. I, I, I love assume, him. I would assume you feel good about that going forward. But you win the FA Cup. Had had, had, to be, had I asked you in the fall, you're going to win the FA Cup again because you guys are the kings of the FA Cup. Would you have taken it? I would have told you, TJ, if I would rather, and this sounds weird uh, to say this because we, we, we made fun of Arsene Wenger, but if you had told me we could finish fourth and finish ahead of Tottenham and finish in the Champions League spots, I would have rathered that over winning the FA Cup, honestly. And the point is to win trophies, but I honestly, I'm at the point where I'd rather be back in the Champions League and, and all that comes with it. So um, I, I would have taken that as well, partially because... Um, the extra money we need yeah. right now, yeah. you know, especially under the circumstances, um, you know, with, with all the, the problems that COVID has caused for clubs worldwide uh, and Arsenal being somehow the largest team and the largest city <laughs> in the largest league on earth. The thing that I always of, say, I don't know, finding a, an extra couple quid to kick into something. Yeah. Um, it, it like what whatever whatever all, all those all those unbelievable things aside um, we know covid covid is, <laughs> excuse me covid has affected everyone uh, we needed that extra won't. money yeah right uh, we needed that extra money and at least we got europa league cuz god what would have happened if we didn't we but, would have lost Aubameyang for sure Mm-hmm. But let let me like, ask you this question. Bombing, like I said, and we still uh, may. I, I agree, sure. Pat. I agree that at, if you were to say, "Hey, you get a Champions League spot, and Spurs doesn't," that that's a great feeling. But by winning the FA Cup, you spend you send Spurs to the qualifying rounds of the Europa. Oh, it's hilarious! How that, that cool is, nice. is that? Yeah. How it's cool is that? <laughs> yeah, if, it's hilarious, and we get to finish? make fun of them again because Correct. they didn't win a trophy again, and. We did on our worst year 
in our lifetimes as Arsenal fans, we still won the FA Cup. Yeah, well, I mean, you're you, Pat. You're a fire. You're a fire fan. They're the kings of the cup. You've got Arsenal, are obviously kings of the FA Cup at this point. So, but to see Spurs have to go through the qualifying rounds, I I would have thought that in oh, and I of love itself it. made the cup winning the FA Cup just added to that added boat. You know, was the added. Deli Ali is going to get arrested in Kazakhstan or something. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. I mean, it's. Or it's, San Marino or somewhere yeah. where, wherever they're going to play. So Kyrgyzstan or wherever, however far it goes <laughs> east now, like it's it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Just don't take Mkhitaryan; he's not allowed in those countries apparently. Um, but at least not Azerbaijan, as we well, found no. out. But but yeah, like it's it's you know it it, it was it's weird because as bad as that year was, and it was absolutely brutal to be in that year as an Arsenal fan. There's two things that you walk away from going, okay, maybe it's not so bad. One is Arteta. I really do believe in the guy. I don't know if I believe in the people giving him players to work with, but I do believe in Arteta. And two, we won a trophy. And that's what the point of this whole thing is. That's what the point of sports is, is to try to win stuff. So, um, and then, th- and then three Spurs have to go into the, the Europa League qualifying stages. So Yeah, that's just like... I do wish that Wolves had managed to hold it and stay ahead of them so we could have just forced them out completely. But um, yes, if it, we can't do that, that is, uh, that is the next best thing. My fear with that, though, is... Like we saw with Chelsea a few years ago when they finished ninth or whatever it was, and that's Jose's last year. Um, when a team doesn't have to worry about Thursday night football, they tend to do quite well in the Premier League the following year. So, like, I, I would be afraid that Tottenham would use that to their advantage. But you know what? Screw them. They're not going to. They're not going to win any trophies. They can't win any trophies. And you know what? We shouldn't even bring them up. Like, the thing that Thierry said a few weeks ago at the start of MLS is back when somebody asked him about Tottenham. He's like, I don't even think of Tottenham. And I never did. Well, and, and you said they're not going to win any trophies. Which one would they win? I'm, I'm thinking, is anybody going to be? Well, maybe. Except the Man, except Man City. The, oh, they Man City seems to take that one seriously for some reason. I'm not really sure why. They show, but, well, everybody does. They show up at the end. Sure. Like, City shows up in the semifinal, but they just, they have the depth to hang in that thing until the semifinal. And then they, Pep cracks out the, the, top stars but yeah i i is anybody having we've not won that at least in my time being an arsenal fan i don't know how excited i could possibly get for that it's it being the second cup of the of the english game it's it's not something that i'm gonna get overly thrilled about i mean it's fine it's nice it's it's slightly more than the audi cup to me You no, know, there, there's that. The, uh, <laughs> that's a really good point. I'm not sure which one I would actually take more seriously when it's all said and done, but it's. And now here's my here. Does anybody and we'll, we'll actually you know what? Screw it. We're gonna we'll come back to that. We're, uh, who's gonna, the champions or the Premier League? We'll we'll come back to that when we get closer to the season and we see where it's going on with that. Um, so. Europa League kicked off today. First games on CBS All Access tomorrow. We or I think tomorrow. Yeah. Is, tomorrow or is a Friday. We got the Friday and Saturday. We got the Champions League. Yeah. 
Pat, I know you checked in on CBS All Access for this. Chris, I don't know if you did. We never checked. What did you think of it? Was the coverage? What did you think of the coverage? Anything like that? I heard that you had a game with no announcers initially, TJ. I didn't turn that the Wolfsburg game. I didn't turn that on right you know, away. But but it was funny. Is I so I switched over to the other game, the Copenhagen and uh, the Copenhagen game, and that game lost their announcer feed for a segment as well. But it was like ten minutes in, and I'd never heard an announcer, so I'm like. This is not the background noise for work that I really want, so I switched over to the Copenhagen game, and I missed and I missed the John Anthony Brooks uh, ninja kick. That was amazing. Yeah, he went Eric Cantona on that uh, guy. So, and they they everybody said it was a second yellow, but when I talked to you, should it have been a straight red? Do you think? Yeah, because <laughs> they, <laughs> they said they gave it was yeah for it. I'm like, like. I, and I, I, and I did go back and watch the I'm like, holy cow, it was... He did, he no, did that's kick. a straight red. Yeah, and I like John Brooks, but wow. It, it just... It, <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't do that. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's... it's He... And there was... It was the second red card within, a, like, a minute or something like that of each other. The, the opposition player had a red card, too, and they sat near each other after they got them. It was entertaining so um and like a, it was like a hockey style penalty box there wasn't glass between them though so they weren't shouting at at each other but but yeah i it, it was good to be back i i think that the i i felt like the cbs coverage was sort of weird throughout the entire the, the production value of it was sort of weird throughout the entire women's tournament and it it continued today by being weird i think they're just taking they would just be taking the the UEFA feed, I think. So there's that's, a there's an correct. English announce crew that you can just put in there, and and I don't understand why they weren't in, but um, maybe I, I doubt it was on UEFA's end, but maybe it was. Maybe it had nothing to do with CBS. So um, I, I like, you know, some of the. I, I didn't really like BR and the Turner, except for a few. I like yeah, it's a few things, a few things with it. I, I never understood Steve Nash and Stu Holden. I like Steve Nash too. He's one of my favorite basketball players of all time. And I know he knows soccer well, but I just didn't get it quite. So I, I like Timmy Howard when he was on it, there were things I liked and didn't like, but I, I so I'm excited to see what CBS can do. But I mean, if, if I'm I recall, disappointed. The champions league is going to be completely on CBS all access. It's just, I thought, I thought they said the finals going to be on CBS sports network. Oh, that's right. Yes, it is because CBS has golf and like it or not golf does a really good number so well and that to be and to be said how many people actually have cbs sports network i know i do but it's it's i'm not positive that i do i assume i do i haven't checked yet yeah then you're hoping and i don't know if cbs all access picks up cbs sports network as like a live right now i'm gonna do it right into the remote let's see cbs sports network (laughs) see what pops up here Europa League, channel 232. I've got it. We're fine. Okay. Then, then we're all good. So we're good there. Yeah, I and I didn't watch any of the pregame or postgame. I mean, when I flipped over to the Manchester United game after the first round of games, all I had was background, like the players warming up with no, obviously no announcers or anything else, just like the warm-up feed. It, that's why I said it's the straight UEFA feed that if, that they have the whole time. So it was... I never caught the studio show, and I never cared. I guess I didn't care to either. So, um, Which, did you... for the millionth time, guys, can I just point out and praise 
the job that NBC does every damn week for the Premier League in the United States with their own announcers on site, their own studio show that's produced to, like, the nines, Rebecca Lowe, just it's it's a phenomenal product that they put on when we have to sit through Fox doing using Vista World Link for everything with the announcers in the studios and uh you know having the Bundesliga coverage out of a, a tiny closet made to look like a a beer hall or BR Live or CBS or whatever else NBC deserves all the praise in the world for how good the Premier League continues to look year after year and that is why their ratings do well so. Well, and, that, and I was going to go. I was going to go a step further. Really, other than NBC's coverage of the Premier League, the only thing I can put on par with that is realistically, it's the NBA on TNT when, with um, Kenny oh, Smith. It's phenomenal, and yeah. It's that level. To me, it's that yeah, level. Which is good. Turner again, but they do like that's that's where, like, yeah, the the NBA NBA does a good job, and obviously the you know the NFL shows are well produced they're incredibly well produced but they're catered to idiots so they have boom and tough guy and and all the the dumb things that they say during them that 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 are catering to the meatball fan but yeah the nbc is is their premier league coverage is well produced and smart and rebecca Lowe is awesome and i've told my wife if it ever comes down to it i'm doing it (laughs) she said okay so all right so let's move on um it's my list of one so, Ford Madison finally had a home game this past yeah. week. Yeah. But it wasn't in Madison because Dane County won't allow sporting events, or at least without with crowds. So they move it. Of course, do they move it just outside the county? No, they move it two counties over, or three counties over to, or whatever, to Milwaukee County and have it in Wauwatosa, which is in at Hart Park, in, and that's in Chris's neck of the, wood, neck of the woods. Nine feet from Chris's home. It might be. <laughs> It realistically is. So, Chris, you got to go check out Ford Madison. Yeah. Tell us about it. Uh, it was fun. Um, it was odd being out at an event. Um, I mean, everyone Period. had masks and stuff, but yeah, to like Just truly attend an event in public. Um, we were like, when we pulled up, we were like, okay, can we, should we do this? Like, is it going to be safe? Um <laughs> I didn't see them like they they had said that they were going to be sanitizing things every 30 minutes in public areas. I don't think I saw anybody during the game sanitize anything. So I don't know if that was true at all. But um, people kind of stayed apart. Um, I don't think they truly held to the uh, seating guidelines that like the Ford put out as to how you were supposed to sit there. But um, you know, it people didn't stayed apart and things. So and on it, TV. well. They, they were keeping it to, it's like 1,000 or 1,100 people or something for the, the stadium. So it's like, it's less than 25%. And this is a glorified high school football stadium that they're in, there, basically. So. Kind of. Um, it, uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's where the, the high schools play uh, in, in Milwaukee. Yeah, I, so. I covered high school um, games there when I worked in Milwaukee. I don't remember why, but we were up there. For, we were investigating something, so... Anyway, it, it was fun. Uh, I still am waiting to see the forward actually score a goal at a game I attend. <laughs> Nothing That's from not... Woj Woj in that game. <laughs> That's right. I've this only... is what, the second game you've been to and they still haven't scored? That is correct. Um, I've been to both season openers. Um, but, uh, yeah, they've not scored at a season opener. Um, 
the, I think my the, line on hot time was there were more trains than goals. <laughs> that is correct. Um, you know, the, the, the play was better than last, than like the way it began last season, uh, in many instances, but there's still, yeah, they, you know, they, they were still missing the final product. So that was, that was, I guess, uh, disappointing, but no, it was fun. Um, one thing that's hard to do, you like when they wear that drip kit, which is what they, they debuted that night, um, you can't read player names. So unless you already know who a player is, and, and it's not like you can get a um, a piece of paper that shows you like the roster or anything uh, at games. Now, you, know, you can't get any kind of um, like game handout or something. So unless you know who the players are in advance, it's very hard to pick out certain players. I noticed that after you said it, it it's, it's like in the locker room when they, when the jerseys lit up, you can read the numbers, but yeah. on the field with the dim sort of lighting that they had, the, the forward sent me some photos to use on the website. And I had a hard time telling, there's a couple of them where you could see the back of the Jersey. I'm like, I don't know what that says. Yeah. So, it's yeah I, I i could read numbers but i couldn't read names um so when when you said uh the the dude from the fire had yeah, come on at halftime Alex Monis, yeah. i was like oh i was off getting beers so i probably didn't hear them announce it if they did at halftime and didn't notice that there was a change so i was like i didn't know anyone came on to that how did the beer sales work how did the concessions i was work? i was i was going to that was my next question everything is everything is card um but otherwise pretty similar to what you're used to there were only two stands um at least one of them is uh um at least one of the beer stands is gonna have uh i think somebody from the library always uh bartending there so uh it's somebody that i guess i would kind of be exposed to sometimes anyway maybe not under these circumstances but kind of in general um was, but, was, uh, the beer, was the beer selection good? Yeah, yeah, they have a pretty strong beer selection. Um, they don't have, like, when uh, the Torrent play there, they have um, Mobcraft, which is like a a small brewery here in Milwaukee that does, um, well, the, the way they call it, Mobcraft. It's based on, like, people submit ideas of how, like, what beer to create. So they create small runs of, I don't know, crazy beers that people come up with in their heads. Um, usually they're there for touring games. It was not then. It was uh, the um, uh, everyone that uh, the forward contract with. And I, You're right, it makes sense. I'm yeah. struggling to think of oh, that, the brewery, really but tight. yeah. No, they, they, uh, they had some pretty good choices. Okay. Are you some gonna, are craft you, brews. Uh, they have you, Wallersheim wine. They do not have Wallersheim liquor, though. Because they are sponsored by Wallersheim Winery and uh, Wallersheim Distillery in, in I don't know where the hell they are somewhere north of Madison. So are you going? So are you going to be going I back and thus, thus and thus becoming our minivan dad correspondent for Ford Madison? Is that is I, that? I, I tried to get him to be the hot time correspondent for Ford Madison. I I it's, probably can for both of you. I just. Uh, I wasn't sure what I was going to commit to when I was like, what is attending games going to be like? And, I was and, a little, I'll, I'll a little tell you, I'm kind, of glad, I'm kind of glad you actually 
brought that point of it up because um, just the whole idea, and this was, and it kind of leads into my next topic anyway that I wanted to talk about was Garber came out today and said the schedule will be coming out soon. They're going to be going back to stadiums. They're going to have crowds in stadiums where they're allowed. Chicago obviously yes. will not be one of them. And your if you hesitant- had been reading the website that you work for, TJ, you would have known that. <laughs> I do know that, but I I wanted to discuss this with Chris as well, in the sense of because they are going back, and I actually got a call from my ticket guy last week asking about it, and I had already told him I said I wasn't going to go to a game this year because I'm not comfortable with going back to a game. Um, Chris, you said you were even hesitant to go as well. So, what do you guys think of this whole idea of having? fans back in stadiums and things like that and specifically when you watch take a look at any usl game they don't believe in wearing masks half the time well that's the thing if if the rules are enforced i'd feel comfortable going but if the rules are going to be laxly enforced and and i i can't imagine they'd be properly enforced. I, I, I think at the club level, at least talking about the fire, I think they'd be fine. But when it gets down to the security guards, I don't know that I trust them to properly enforce the, the you know, I mean, they may want to just beat somebody not wearing a mask. I'm not sure, but. Are you, um, are you Pat, are you saying you don't trust Monterey security to do the right thing? Ah, <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, it's, that's the thing. If, if, the seating was kept way far apart and I knew everybody was wearing masks and the concessions were contactless and that sort of thing. I'd feel comfortable going, but this seems like one of those situations where they put out all these rules and then people aren't going to follow them and there's going to be no consequences. So there was an element of that at, um, at the forward game. I mean, part of that is because it is, like a, a high school stadium or an old-fashioned kind of stadium, there are no seats there. So when it's just bleachers and you haven't marked them off or anything, how do you know that this is the seat and that that's not the seat? You know. So right. even though the intention was um, by the, by the way they've sold tickets and things, you have actual tickets to a seat in the bleachers, and you know the two seats next to the aisle. And the front row are uh, empty, <clears throat> so you know you're you're one row in, so you're farther right. back from the the walkway. People walking, yeah, um, exactly. Uh, there's at least a row or uh, a row or two rows between um, available seats. Uh, they only come in blocks of like four or something, so it's it, the, so the intention is for four tickets. No, no, no. I, uh, I, I wondered about that because they did say that you couldn't have um, a pod to yourself or something. Like I had looked at it, um, like what it would be if you just got one ticket and they wouldn't let me have one ticket in like a pod of four. But they would with two? They would let me have two. But yeah, we okay. looked at it because I, I had considered, you know, if we took all the kids, what happens? Because I couldn't find support. They say they have pods of six, but I didn't see any. And so it was like, well, what do I do? Do we put four kids together and then we go sit in nearby? <laughs> as as it was, as, no, as it turned, as it turned out, um, we could have just done it together. I, I didn't know if they would have it like cordoned off or like taped off or something so that you could only sit within specific areas. They did not. So in that regard, it was a little more lax than yeah. 
than um, I mean, I, I'm totally comfortable with. But on the other hand, there weren't a lot of people there. Well, and I and, and watching the game, and I watched parts of it here and there, and I it looked it looked no different than watching a fire game during a U.S. Open Cup fire game at yeah. yep. Honestly, it looked you might have had more people at the Ford Madison game than you had at at Toyota Park for a, for an Open Cup game, an early round Open Cup game. So, you know, in that sense, it didn't look it didn't look that bad. But I like I said, I, no, I know I will. I know I will not be going, but it sounds like they're going to be doing this. And as Pat has reported on Hot Time, and apparently I'm not keeping up with my reading that way, is according to what Pat is saying. But I wanted to bring it up anyway. Um, do they make it through the season? Does it turn? Does it look like MLB in terms of or in, in the NWSL, like with Orlando and then Dallas and Nashville? Are we going to see teams kicked out, I guess is my question. Well, or do you think they're going to figure this out and do the right thing? TJ, Chris and I are friends with the guy who's a investigative reporter up in Milwaukee named Brian Polson. And he did a thing. I think he just did it for his basically people he's friends with on Facebook where he looked at, he looked at it in terms of baseball, but what he found was even though, yeah, it seems like there's outbreaks and it's horrible. The percentage of cases related to the total population is smaller within major league baseball than it is in the general population. And so I think, which, you know, and you can do it that way, despite what President Trump may say. So um, it, if, it, if the percentage of, of cases in Major League Baseball is lower than it is, or in, in Major League Soccer or USL or whatever, it remains lower than what it is in the general population. Is it then, it's tough to say, because if they were properly, you know, if they were staying at home, they wouldn't get it at all, or probably wouldn't. But if it's lower than, than the numbers outside of their sport, is it having a, a huge impact on anyone's safety? Because there's the other argument, and I'm not making this argument, but it's, it's obviously people are, that these are athletes, they're in the best condition of their lives, to, they're the best conditioned people to get this because, you know, it's, they're going to survive it. It's, but it's not really a matter of them surviving it, it's a matter of them spreading it to grandma, so... I don't know what the right answer is, and, and like, none of it feels important in the grand scheme of things, even as much as we like sports, but I'd probably go if they do it and they let reporters in, so. Sure, and, and I don't know, but, you know, it's funny, you're talking about reporters or uh, players, some of the, you know, best condition of their lives, they should be able to survive this. And yet a football player from Indiana during fall practice or whatever initial practices now has heart problems because of his really COVID case. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be outliers for sure. It's, it's, it's like, it's like we talked about like this, I think in March or, or April on this show, it's like, how much risk are you willing to assume to get back to something close to normal? And I don't know what, I still don't know. It's like what all of us as parents are going through with, with school. What's, what are we willing to accept and what are we not as, as far as risk goes? So, Sure. And, and that's and that's a fair point. I guess what I want what I'm concerned about with this whole of opening back up doing stadiums like like I said, what we're seeing with USL, um, Major League Baseball, instead of a bubble like the NWA, the WNBA, NWSL have an MLS as drunk as doing work. right now, which, which work, definitely. Yeah, is. The Cardinals have been off for how many days now? Uh, the Marlins, I think, traded their entire team to get a team back out on the field. 
Um, LA Gala- Galaxy 2 had a handful of cases. I think we've had like nine or ten USL games that have had to be canceled, postponed, whatever, for this very reason. And I don't know if it's because players aren't being smart when they're not there. I, I presume that's probably at more times than not than like versus, you know, just keeping it laying low and in, in between. But at the same time, how much again, at, at what point does it become a bad just a dumb maneuver when you start seeing MLS games doing the same thing up oh, Chicago Columbus is canceled because yeah. Chicago had three players test positive and how many more will test positive over the next several days because of practicing. When does it become a negative versus a positive thing? Because let's face it. I, the MLS's drunk tournament has been fun. Yeah. Even, even tonight, tonight's game, my Portland fun. Timbers are in the final. Your Portland Timbers are in the final, and what tomorrow night it's or it's the Adrian Heath Derby with uh, Minnesota United and Orlando and Orlando City. And had you had we actually talked about this tournament prior to? Would any of us Portland? I guess you might have said, but would you have really pick Minnesota or um, Orlando City to be in the final? Probably no. not. But like I said, it's the MLS's drunk tournament, which is like it's been it's been outstanding. It's been entertaining as hell. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. The games that have been bad have been really bad, but they've been few and far between and seemed all involved the fire. So there's that piece to it. Um, Well, I mean, that Vancouver game wasn't bad, depending on who you are. It was just bad for us. Right. That game. True. And I guess I mean, like there were a couple of the zero zero games that were just and I want to say the one I, that sticks out to me was Minnesota and Real Salt Lake. They both were playing counter counterattack soccer. <laughs> and both teams are playing. Nobody was attacking. It was it was terribly boring. And it was that was running concurrent to the NWSL quarterfinals, which were which ter- was terribly boring. Yeah, yeah. That, it, that was that it, was a bad Friday night. Yeah, the, the the tournament as a whole has been pretty great, and it it shows that um, these bubbles work if everybody plays their part and honestly outside of the bubble would work better if like the Cardinals didn't go to a casino. So, um, it, you know, it's, it takes everybody sort of like society does. It takes everybody not being a moron. Um, and you can't trust people to not be morons unless you're policing them hundred percent of the time. So it's, uh, that's kind of what it is. So is it, it's, it's not about, and, and Ruben at the site has a piece coming out tomorrow where he basically said that we shouldn't be doing this, but since we are, let's look at it. We're doing this. Like this MLS is going to do this unless something major happens between now and basically next week when I think they're going to start having Dallas and Nashville play each other to make up those three games that they would have missed. Um, and, and the fire are, are probably going to play August 22nd. Uh, we don't know who or where yet, but that looks to be the the weekend that it will start. Um, it's going to happen. So I guess the question of, of, of should it happen maybe goes away. And now it's a question of, of will you go and how do we keep these guys safe? And I, like a lot of this, I don't have the answers. So, but it, I might go. I know that. Would I take my family? No, but I might go as a reporter. Sure. Are you Are you looking forward to it? I guess that's the next. That would be. Oh the my God! Yes. 
yeah and it's a selfish thing right like it's it's a totally selfish thing to go uh we, we don't need this right now and it might actually be risky for society but separately yes i'm very much looking forward to it well, well yeah i mean the, the chance to um i don't know see <laughs> see sports again have life be a little bit normal after well, all this time is it, it but pat, everybody wants pat you raise an interesting point do we need this as a society probably not but no. but then the follow-up question is do these players need it and that well, yes, that, that's a different, yeah. And that's, and that's why that's a different question. Not, you hear people that will sit there go, like, and Ruben's piece tomorrow is going to say this, we don't need this. This is not a good idea. How many of these players want to play? And, and we've talked about this on the show before, like Johnny B and I get it. You put the people out in front, the ones that are excited about, but Johnny B has a family. He's got no reason necessarily, but yet as a player, he wants to play. Yeah. It's, and it, it's yes, because and there's I, in the Boris Sekulich piece today, I wrote that there's, you know, the, the diehards and there's like, cause he, he watches soccer when he's not playing soccer, like a freak. And it, it's, I think I would too, but there's also the guys that just, you know, it's not their identity. They just play, but it, ha- it happens to be what they do, but it's not their identity away from the field. They're into other things. Um, I think there's some overlap there with the people who are jonesing to go play and the ones who are like, eh, I don't know if we should be doing this or not. And then there's also the question of money. Like my wife goes to work at a, at a TV station in Chicago every day because our family needs her income. And it, it's so, and it, MLS guys, a lot of them aren't rich. So a lot of them just, it may not be a, they're dying to play. It may be a, they like to get paid. So, um, and, and even if they do get paid temporarily, if they opt out, that's going to have a huge impact on the long-term future of their career if they're not a star. So yeah. And you've only like, got so many years to, yeah. Which is why the NWSL, your... like Megan Rapino, could opt out because she's going to be fine. But if some low level NWSL player opted out, like it or not, if there's not enough game tape of them and if they don't have enough experience, they're done. So it, it's, that's the case. Like, I, I feel like, you know, it, it, lots of people are in lots of different mental positions with this stuff. So some want to play, some don't, some well, need to play, some wouldn't do it otherwise. It's. And, and let's, but, let's follow this. Let's follow this up from the parent perspective. I mean, you're, you're a dad of, of two boys that play soccer. I've got uh, my oldest two, like, you know, my son and my daughter both like to play soccer. I can't keep them away from practices you know, even though they're just practices, they're still, they've got their stuff on right, you know, in the morning, yeah, they're it, ready to go. They need, they, there is some element of need this for that aspect. Yeah. Of, they it, just, my they son's need mental health was, was not good when soccer wasn't being played. And I realized like how big, I mean, it's the biggest thing in his life and it's very important to him. And when he didn't have it, I noticed a difference in him. And now that he has it again for this tiny little bit, he's excited and happy and and back to his usual self. It's a huge mental boost for him. And I'd imagine there's a lot of pros who are the same way still. Some might not be, but some think of it as a job. But, you know, some of them probably just do it because they love it. Johnny B seems like one of those guys to me. He just really enjoys the game. He wants to play till he's 40. So. Sure. And, and, and it's funny is I, I had a conversation with one of our other coaches and 
this is right after the state of Illinois came through and basically said, you're not going to do anything beyond inner squad scrimmages for the most part. Right. Obviously there are going to be some that are going to work around. And he's like, man, I feel like we've been getting ready for this season for absolutely nothing. And I'm, and I, my answer was, you know what? If depending on how schools work out, if schools are remote, this might be their thing. This yes. becomes incredibly important. Right. And it's that it's sense not, of, yeah. it's that sense of normalcy for these, for these kids as well. And the energy these guys have on the field is different than I've seen in years past. They have more of it because it is their chance to get out into play. So, yeah, I, I guess, I, like yeah. I said, I may not go. I'll watch. And, and that and that's fine. Um, so we're, we're going to touch on one more topic today, and then we're going to call it a night. And that's going to be on the, I guess it was the, the Bendix and Leach podcast. They had Michael Bradley. Well, which I, yeah, and they... But they put Probably this, more popular they put this. Apparently, at least one of them's out of Chicago. Sure. Um, they got. I got it right here. Michael Bradley is a top ten U.S. men's national team player. I say no. Okay, he's a wrong. dumbass. He's wrong. But and Alexi Alexi Lawless got involved. That's what it caught my eye when, when yeah. Alexi got involved and said, because the question was, "Morning, what's today's ridiculousness?" And he agreed, this was ridiculous. So we, we agree, as, a, as the three of us agree, Michael Bradley is a top 10 U.S. men's national team player. Did I wonder if the guys, I don't know anything about the guys on the Absolutely. podcast, but I wonder Neither if they started I. watching after 2013. Because if you watched from like 2008 or 9 to 2013, I, there was a point where I thought Michael Bradley was the best U.S. player of all time. I, I have I, I been known there, to say that. Yeah, I, I thought there was some question and, and, and clearly after the fact in hindsight we know I, I think Donovan and, and Dempsey are both better players uh, and and Bradley had some issues like he there was a point where I didn't believe he could complete a simple pass I didn't know what was going on with him whether it was injuries or what but for a period of time he was incredible yeah well and that was and that was going to be was kind of where I was going to bring this back to okay we know he's top 10 would you put him in the top five I guess I'd have to start Probably. thinking about who who I would replace. I and I guess we're gonna we're gonna put this under the pretext uh, the context of we're gonna keep the goalies out of it because I, okay. I I think Timmy Casey Friedel you could put all Miola you could have an argument that they could fill it up. And of course we have to say this is men's players otherwise you're gonna be canceled men's. the whole pot will be canceled. Um, <laughs> we're gonna stick we're talking about the men's team only at this yeah. point and we're and and I'm going to limit it to from pretty much 1990, 1994 going forward, because right. I honestly, I don't know anybody. Right. It is impossible. So I'll, I'll straight Patton up say that Christian Pulisic is going to be in the top five already. Um, and then Donovan and Dempsey are clearly in it. Who Claudio. else? Claudio. Claudio was amazing. He's got to be Claudio. Yes. Parks. JLB was yeah maybe hard maybe hard JLB would have short had, of a period of time J, yeah. yeah yeah he he had the potential but he wasn't around long enough Eddie my Pope. thing is Eddie Pope Carlos DMB oh fuck DMB yeah maybe he's not in the top ten my my top five. my, my maybe feeling top 10. is he's the most complete player the or, or was the most complete player the U S had produced up to I don't know. 2015 we'll say and real and realistically I, I do want to go back we talked about this a little bit via text and i want to bring this point up was in the 2014 world cup josie went down what 30 minutes into the tournament 
wasn't even that long. Thirty second, I think it was yeah. like thirty seconds into the tournament. It felt but it, like. whatever it felt, yeah. But it, it felt like that tournament was set up because Bradley was a lot more theoretically going to be a lot more advanced and was going to be the connector between. Yeah, yeah. you're just going to get the ball to Josie. Yes. And now you've blown that up, and now you're putting out. You had no backup. You had no other plan, and yet you still tasked him with everything on that field, and. And I, I think because people don't understand what was going on, he gets the knock on that, which is unfair. But I think those same people also don't give him the credit he deserved for 2010 when he was the best damn player out there. Donovan scored the goals that we remember. And Dempsey scored some of the goals that we remember. But Bradley carried that team. Donovan was just so good in 2010 that like that was sort of like his career year. So I think people kind of overlook what what Bradley did there. But like from, I don't know, 2008 or 2009 till at least 2014, Bradley was our national team. I mean, my, the, the, way, the way I used to always say it was uh, when <clears throat> Dempsey plays well, we score. When Bradley plays well, we don't lose. When Donovan plays well, we win. Yeah, that's probably fair. And that might be the best point you've had all night, Chris. But that that truly, in a nutshell, is it. In Frankly, that era, I'd, I'd put him. I'd put him above Dempsey because Dempsey, in the end, was just a goal scorer. Like he, he I shouldn't say in the end because near the, much later in his career, he did become more than just that. But until until I don't know, twenty twelve, maybe twenty fourteen, he was mostly just a guy who came on to score goals. Donovan was the offense. Dempsey was just the guy who put it in the back of the net. And that's, and that's fair. And, and I know you guys watch these games as close as anybody. So that's truly fair, but, and I'm, and I, but that's why I wanted to bring it up because I think that was the fact that somebody would keep landing Donovan out of the top or not landing uh, Michael Bradley out of the top 10 was such an absurd concept to me. I'm sitting there going, what the hell is he even talking? So, but then it was like, but is he in the top five? And I think, would the answer be yes at this point? My my feeling is he's still in the top five, um, maybe even top three. Uh, but yeah, the, the idea that he's not top ten, I, I think there's like, too many guys to put ahead of him in the top. Because I, I do think that he, after the 2014 World Cup, and maybe he was hurt. Maybe I know he did have a foot injury. Maybe it was just that he was back in Toronto. I don't know what, but there was games where he was poor. So yeah, it, and, and he that, was and he was and wasn't he was the the captain of the team that didn't make the 2018 yeah. World Cup. So, so he does, he does deserve five. a knock for that. Mm-hmm. Yes, the players around him were not where they should be. I you can't argue that. However, when you're the captain, you're still the one that gets that takes the knock for it. So you got to knock that way. But I agree with you. I agree with the concept that like like 09 2010 to you know through the 2014 cycle that he was he was it. Next to Jermaine Jones. Yeah. But that's like, only, and again, that's only because Jermaine Jones could play every position on the field <laughs> and nobody else just knew about it at the time. I mean, there was always, there was that concept. And with Jermaine Jones, you might've had a ninja kick, John Anthony Brooks style coming in any one game. And you would not have been surprised. I miss Jermaine. I do too. Uh, I do miss some of that. Like that we don't have kind of, I don't know, somebody who's a little bit crazy. Uh, my Zynga. What? <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't have anybody, I think, consistently, like a consistent 
I think Matt Mazinga, I think Matt Mazinga of, is that crazy. I just don't think he has the quality level of Jermaine Yazga. To be yeah, Miazga. Sorry, I apologize. It, it took me a second to figure out who you were talking about, but I, I did. Miazga, sorry. Um, yeah, but he, he's he's that level of crazy. He just he's not going to get the minutes like Jermaine Jones is, where you, you just didn't know what was going to happen in any one game. He could, yeah, they could he could take over and dominate the game, or he could get a red card in thirty seconds. You really didn't know which way it was going to happen. I mean, honestly, we don't, and some, some of it is just the circumstances, you know, missing out on a world cup, uh, that the team's been in such a kind of a, a downer lately. Um, we don't have a lot of personality in this team. Now, so, like, some of it is we don't even have a full, like, you know, name our starting 11. Who's our oh, team shit. right now? Do you know? Yeah. Like we, our, our coach has zero personality. Our, yeah. our star player seems like a very nice dude, but he shies away from the personality side of it. it it's so, I mean, it, it's, uh, yeah. Who, who is it? Like, who's the, and I, and I feel like, and I feel like this new crop as talented as they are, have that perfect, they, they've gotten that way too professional, not going to, you know, not going to ruffle feathers type of mentality that a lot of players seem to have where the, maybe some of the older players had a little bit more personality on the field when they're playing. And that could be systemic, you know, just because it's Burhalter and Burhalter lacks a personality. He wants everybody to lack one, or it's just, like I said, they're so worried about their professional image that they don't want to have that, that edge on the field of, of being like a Sergio Ramos or somebody like, like, you know, who's just going to be a trash talking goon on the field type of thing. Yeah. Have those right now. Hard to say. I guess what you know. I guess we need to have who, national team. Who shall tell us that we cannot tread? We've we've had trash talking goons before. Like I want like a world class attacking player, and I think we finally got one of those. So I'll take that trade off. So and rumors are, and we're going to wrap up with this because we do need to wrap up on a positive note. That there's going to be some national team men's national team games coming up is within the yeah. How about the, that, huh? You're going to have to take all European players because you can't take people living here over there right now. So, yeah, it's going to be the guys that are are, uh, playing professionally in Europe that are going to make that team up. And and where is it? Wales? Is that what we're going to do? They're they're going to make up the game with Wales, I believe. There's like three dates on the international window, and they're only using two of them for whatever Europe's using them for qualifiers. They're... UEFA League or the Europe Europe League or whatever they call it. Um, I'm not sure what, but it sounds like that third date they're going to take one of those. November is that the idea, or is it before then? Yeah, I think it's November. Okay, so that'll. And then we didn't we didn't mention that the hex is now the Ocho. That's true. I we did not. So thank you for bringing that up, Pat. So, yeah. um, top five top five spots are guaranteed to the top five rank. Is that yes. in the last three? Are going to be playoff teams more or less? Yeah, so we're safe there. It, it makes things even safer for us as far as yeah, it does. Not seem that like we it's... weren't going to be in the hex, but like it's it it's uh, it's now extended out. It's it's more in favor of the of the bigger clubs, I suppose. But then a couple other clubs sneak in. So yeah, and, and assuming we play all those games, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how we do. I think we'll be fine, but. I thought we would be fine last time. Mm-hmm. So, oh, there, there's that. But yeah, it's. 
I, I guess again, it's I guess another case of the best of a bad situation that it felt like Concacaf actually made a smart decision. Can we? Is it fair to say that when dealing with Concacaf? No, we'll find out why they did it. Soon enough, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, and it what had nothing to do with with fairness or anything like that. No, it'll it'll have to do with bribery. I'm sure at some point down the road. It's it does after all, it is Concacaf, but. At least on the surface, it looks like making the best of a bad situation. Can we go with that for now? Give him the benefit of the doubt for now. Fine. Sure. All right. <laughs> All right and this is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Uh, can be found on Twitter at Minivan Dad Pod. Uh, Pat, Chris, what do we got for our final thoughts tonight? Uh, I think that you should go to Hot Time in Old Town and read my story I did with Boris Sekulich. Uh, I found him to be a very interesting and uh, good guy to talk to, but he has a very stereotypical Eastern European accent that makes you think he's not until you actually listen to what he's saying. He's a very good dude. So uh, I was excited to to talk to him, and I, I, I liked the story, the way it turned out, so you should go read it. Okay. Chris, you got anything? I got nothing. Relevant? You're done. You got nothing, and you're done. Okay. He's out. <laughs> I was going to say, for those in the Milwaukee area that do listen, definitely keep supporting the Highbury. They seem to be, they're continuing to do cool things. Um, if you're in the Milwaukee area, definitely go check out a Ford Madison game because, because you can. Yeah. And beyond that, keep listening, tell your friends, you're done. <laughs>